Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Carl Reader Show, where today I'm going to be presenting an Unlocking the Magic episode. Now, for those of you who've listened to our shows, you will know that these are the shows where I go in depth into a particular area of business, where we look at the do's and don'ts of doing certain things in business. And typically, these are aimed for the more established businesses. However, I always, always recommend that people who are just starting out on their journey or perhaps haven't even started out yet listen into these to learn what's here because some of the key principles might well be applicable in the smallest of businesses. And today, what I'd like to talk about is the realities of buying a business. So this is something that I've not only done myself, uh, but I've also advised many others on. And it's something that often seems out of reach for most business owners. You know, we um, we think of the kind of people that might buy a business as being maybe Mike Ashley buying up another retail chain. Um, we think of them as very high net worth individuals. We think that they have to have loads of cash on the hip to be able to do it. But actually, sometimes an acquirer can be a very normal person, the kind of person um, just like you or I. Um, and this process if done properly, can be great. However, there are a number of things along the way that actually could lead to massive failure. So I'm going to begin by talking about the first step in the journey, which is how do you find businesses that are for sale? And some of you might have come across business brokerage agencies. Um, I actually um, co-own a business brokerage agency, so allow me to have a plug of selling a franchise.co.uk. But there's a number of um, brokers out there. The challenge with buying a business from a broker is that the people on the other side should have already done their homework. And sometimes the very best businesses that you can be involved in don't necessarily know that they want to be purchased at that stage. Now, what do I mean by that? It might be a business that's about to close the doors. Um, They might be distressed financially. Uh, They might be distressed because the owner can't put the time in. They might have just simply lost the love for the business. Um, Whatever the reason for the business sale, um, it could be that their head could be turned. And Often the best way to find these businesses is just by knowing people, by being out and about, um, knowing the local business community and understanding what options are out there for you. Now, if we were to um, take ourselves a step along, um, once a business for sale has been found, we then have the negotiation process. And with all businesses that are for sale, it's much like buying a house. or buying a car or anything else that involves some to and from. You know, if you were to, let's say, go into Starbucks and buy a coffee, you're not gonna go in and haggle over the cost of a latte. You're not gonna haggle over timings or the terms of a transaction, you just do it. However, with a house purchase, it's fairly common practice for the buyer and the seller to haggle, um, to negotiate the terms of the sale. Uh, This will be assisted by agents, um, but ultimately there's movement between what the seller asks for and what the buyer is prepared to pay. Now with a business transaction, it can be even more so. So 
I'm focusing specifically on the buy side here, but the things you need to look at is first of all, the motivations for selling. So is there a point in time that the seller needs to sell by? Is there a certain financial target that they need to achieve? And also don't underestimate the power of ego. Look, most people who are in business themselves have uh, are not in substantial ego. Is there a number that they want to achieve so that they can tell their mates on the golf course that they sold out for that value? Now you might laugh at that, but that sounds completely illogical. But let me tell you a story about a business that I advised on, um, on the buy side. The sellers wanted to sell for a million pounds, okay? That was their dream. They wanted to tell their friends and family that they had cashed out for a million. The reality, when we went through the um, valuation of the business and understood um, what they were buying and the value of the contracts that they were buying, the value of the stock, etc., etc., it added up to about half a million. Now, as crazy as this might sound to the listener, the business that was selling carried on trading despite the owners wanting to get out. It was trading badly because they didn't want to be there. But the sale took a number of years, okay? Those years were spent accumulating cash. The valuation hadn't changed. It was still worth half a million. But by the time the deal was actually done, there was half a million of cash as well. So it was bought for a million, but the previous owners were just taking out that cash as well. So don't underestimate the power of ego and positioning in the negotiations as well. Now, from your side as a buyer, the seller will be looking at how they can increase the perceived value of the transaction. Again, they'll be looking at timings. They'll be looking at your synergies. So is there something that you can bolt this into where it could be complementary or um, additional to the business that you've got at the moment? Will there be cost savings, et cetera, et cetera? This is all part of negotiation. And there is a saying that the ideal valuation is the valuation where nobody's happy, where it's too low for the seller and it's too high for the buyer. That is often about the right valuation for a business. So we need to be prepared. When looking at buying a business, we need to be prepared for the negotiation process. We need to be prepared that actually this is going to take some time, some heartache um, to get to a point where buyer and seller can agree heads of terms, which is the, the back of a fag packet deal. What does this look like? What am I going to pay you? When's it going to be done? How is that transaction going to look? So the valuation, what, what are we going to pay you? There's a number of different ways of valuing a business. And there is a saying that valuation is an art, not a science. And there are some scientific ways to approach a valuation. But ultimately, the saying is right. It really is an art. Um, to look at the right value for a business, there's a number of methods that um, valuers would employ. So you might have heard from a mate down the pub that you multiply profits by three times. Let me open up that myth for you. So this is using a technique called a price earnings valuation on historical profits. And it's a very crude method of estimating what the value of future profits might be. So if we were to look at the Financial Times and look at listed companies that seem a million miles away from our businesses, we will see that there's a statistic called the P-E ratio, price and earnings. And it's the relationship between the share price and the profitability. 
So ultimately, it's a multiplier that when applied to the historic profit, um, gives us the total valuation. Now for a listed company, this could be, depending on risk and industry, this could be anything between maybe seven or eight, right the way through to 30. For a small, small business, this is much, much lower. Uh, you would typically be looking at anything between three to six of reconstituted profit. Now for reconstituted profit, is the profit after taking into account any costs that should be taken out, i.e. the personal choice of the business owner, and any costs that should be put back in, i.e. the time of the business owner, perhaps property that they've allowed the business to use free of charge, etc., etc. So it, it's actually applied to the reconstituted profit, which is effectively the arm's length profit. Now, that's one way of doing it. Um, but it's a crude method of working out the profitability of a trade. There's also a much more um, scientific way, which is to look at the discounted cash flows. Now, I won't bore you with this, but it's basically looking at the future profits and discounting it down for the risk that they wouldn't happen. Um, you've got that. But then there's also the value of assets within a business. So the value of what you own, less what you owe. Combine that with the value of the trade and you've got the value of the business. So this number, if you ask 20 people to value a business, if you ask them to value it to the precise pound, the likelihood is you'll get 20 different answers. You ask 200 people, you'll get 200 answers. There's a number of methods of doing this. I've, I've just mentioned a few. Some industries have a rule of thumb valuation method, let's say one times turnover or um, number of vans on the road, etc. There's ways of doing this very broadly, but ultimately a good valuation is based on the use of a number of these methods, finding an average, but ultimately something that buyer is happy to pay and seller is happy to sell for. So that's the valuation side of it. The second big sticking point within most purchases is the type of sale that we go through. Will it be an asset sale or will it be a, you know, a trade and asset sale or will it be a share sale? So as a buyer, what do you need to be aware of? If you're looking to buy a business and you buy the shares of the business, you buy that business warts and all. You buy the history, you buy the contracts that it's entered into, you buy any skeletons in the closet. Now, within the agreements, you will have a number of warranties to protect you against these. However, the likelihood is that there might be something there that you need to be conscious of. And if you're looking to embark on a share purchase, you need to really do some due diligence. Make sure that you know exactly what you're buying. On the flip side, a trade and asset sale is completely different in that you are just buying the customer bank and the business and any assets it owns, but you're leaving any historic nightmares within the old company. So, so that's the very broad difference. Why, why is this an issue? From the seller's perspective, there's a very different tax treatment between selling a business and selling the shares in which um, there's capital gains tax and entrepreneur's relief, or selling the trade and assets. So you need to be conscious of both types. And all I can say is you need to make sure that you take both legal and financial advice to make sure that you go the right way on that. The likelihood is that you as buyer 
and the vendor or the seller want two different options. And it will come down to a negotiation as to where you end up. And it might be that the difference in tax on the whole transaction comes out in the wash as part of the transaction cost. Um, I've touched on skeletons in the closet, and this is something that you really need to focus on through a process called due diligence. Now, due diligence sounds extremely boring. It's going through the books. Um, hopefully, the seller will provide you with a pack that is in a good enough format so that you can really do due diligence effectively and kick the tires of what you're going to be buying. But what you're doing through the due diligence process is making sure that what you're being told you're buying actually is what you're buying. So look, you do all of this stuff, and often this is helped by advisors. What you'll come back to is a late negotiation period where hopefully nothing changes for both sides because at this point, it's very stressful with any changes. However, it's very rare that you don't see a change at this point in truth, um, where something's found along the way and the price is adjusted, or you know, there's a realization that the transaction might take a bit longer than expected. So stuff happens at this stage. And this is where you get the solicitors in, you do the deal, you get your funding, and you've got a new baby to run with. Now, the mechanics of what you do after that point is almost certainly a topic for another episode. But up until that point, hopefully I've given you a very good run through of what happens. Now, guys, listen, I hope you found this useful. I've done a load of content on this stuff. So please feel free to search online. You know, you can find me on Fairly Visible at Carl Reader. Um, you can find me through searching on Google. You'll see articles that I've written about this where you can go into a bit more depth. But if you've got a very specific question, just drop me a message. I'd love to hear from you and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.